Welcome to Data Doyen. I'm Dr. Pauline Hoffman. I'm your podcast hostess. I'm joined by my producer, Mr. Bryce Murphy. Hi. Bryce also wrote and recorded the podcast music. This podcast is for the data nerd and the data nervous. All are welcome. Welcome back to our listeners. Not quite three million. We're getting there. Yeah, I think we're, we're doing good. I'm going to have to... I think I might have to say something else because I think people might be getting bored of hearing three million. We're nowhere near three million, but that's a goal and it's important to have goals. So this week's theme is generations. And why am I thinking about generations? I'm always thinking about generations. As a professor, I deal with a couple of different generations. Actually, I think as a professor, I deal with every generation that's alive right now. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Also, one of the things that I did want to talk about is the fact that we seem to be, or I should say, one of the reasons I'm thinking about this too, is we seem to be stuck in a generational culture war or this bad cross-cultural cross-generational dialogue like one generation is pitted against another in a way that i don't Boomers think is versus gen z versus millennials versus, yeah. Uh, yeah we're all fighting and that's not okay um let me first define a generation so according to the center for generational kinetics a generation i'm quoting here a group of people born around the same time and raised around the same place People in this birth cohort exhibit similar characteristics, preferences, and values over their lifetimes. Now, we should note, because this is a conversation I also have with folks, that this is generalized, like going to meet all of the different criteria we're listing for that generation. But uh, for the most part, and we'll talk about, you know, you and I are both in different generations, yeah. so that's really nice. My brother's going to like this one. We always, like, argue, like, because, like... He's like, oh, I'm millennial. You're Gen Z because he's he's born in '95, and then like he looked at a couple different um, sources where like the cutoff was different, the year was different. So I was like, I identify as a millennial. He's like, that's not how that works. And I was like, yeah. So it's, you can identify like, what, as right. anything you want because I sure don't. Because it's a cultural thing, right? There's yeah. not like a year where like, okay, the culture is different now. We're gonna start thinking differently starting this year. And now everyone is this generation. You know, oh, it is. It's gradual. I think it is that. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> Right. I think it is more gradual. You're yeah. right. I don't. So I'll have to see what my brother thinks about this one. There we go. And I'm curious because I have a friend. The two of us argue sometimes about the generations, and uh, so I'll be curious what her feedback is. She always yeah. gives me feedback, and I appreciate her feedback. And so I'm curious what this will be. I appreciate everyone's feedback. Yeah. To be clear, we appreciate everyone's feedback as long as it's constructive. We don't want to hear about how ugly we might be or something <laughs> ridiculous. Or another another point of that too is like my dad. I think I don't know if he cuts off for being a boomer but like my grandfather was from world war ii my dad is the second youngest of six and you know my grandparents started having children when my grandfather came home from world war ii so like that's you know that's what it was but they were spaced out over 14 years so but i mean is that still the baby boom or is that not oh i'll let you know if you know the years yeah if you know the years here we go so there are five living generations right now we have the traditionalist, which are the older folks. They're sometimes called the silent generation. They were born between 1900 and 1945. So that's probably... That's a big generation. That's a wide jump. It is. Well, and is this relative to, like, did the, is this what they called this generation back? When did generation studies, when did they start making these distinctions? I don't know. That was also the argument I had with my brother. I was like, who's saying this? Like, who's, who's the authority Marketing on people. this? Like, you are, like... <laughs> The government, like, is there marketing people, right? Like, yeah, there are people who study generations. It's interesting. Now, to be fair, you're right. That's a good question. Did they the study this, this? Yeah. before 1900? Or did they call them traditionalists back then? Did they have some other name for them relative to some other, like, we're looking at this through our 
cultural that lens of right now, but the studies might be different, you know, right. 20 years ago, 40 years ago. It could be. Yeah. And I'll have to look into that. That might be an ours coming up. That I didn't think about. But I suspect we're talking about traditionalists now because they're still living. If you're a pre-traditionalist, whatever that would be called, you're likely not still here. Yeah. I mean, 1899, no. Yeah, that would be... You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in fact, I, I was going to joke. This is not... I shouldn't joke about death, but I've done it in past podcasts. So, you know, they call it the silent generation because, I mean, many of them are probably not here anymore to defend themselves. Yeah. Baby boomers are those born between 1946 and 1964. Okay, so, so my dad is a boomer. Did make the cutoff? Yeah, my dad was born in '63. Okay, he's a boomer. But then my aunt, who's younger than him, is I think she's like two years younger. She's not a boomer. There but you go. She's from the same family where they, you know what I mean. But that year is a cutoff. I'm sorry, that's different. It is hard. It is a hard and fast date. My mom is a traditionalist. She was born in 1942. So close. Could she be a boomer? No, she's probably a traditionalist. Gen X, which is my generation, born between 1965 and 1980. So all of my siblings are Gen X, as it happens. Generation Y, the millennials, are born between 1981 and 1995. And I have seen some data that suggests it's between 81 and 2000. But most of what I see is up from 81 yeah. to 95. And then your generation, Gen Z, also called Homelanders or the I generation, are those born after 1995. So you've got two represented here, Gen X and Gen Z. And I mentioned that I think I I deal with all of them because I know I'm still working with people at the university who are traditionalists. For (laughs) sure, I have boomers. And then, of course, you know, certainly with some of our graduate students, I have Gen Y or millennials as well as you guys as Gen Z as graduate students and undergraduate students. So I this is something I often lecture about generating. People have yeah. these incredible views. And I think a lot of it, this is my own personal opinion, but I've seen other people say this as well. Technology separates the generations yeah. in a way too, yeah. I think. And I think that's also why like the millennial Gen Z cutoff is kind of like loose because I... I mean, I I grew up with an older brother, too, who was five years older than me, so we grew up with the same kind of entertainment and things like that, mm-hmm. and... I, you know, I didn't have a, a smartphone until I was 16. Like, I didn't oh have it when God. I was 10. Like, I was even late, you know, even within my generation, I had, I think I had, like, a unique experience. Like, if you got your, if you got your first cell phone when you were 10 versus when you were 16 versus when you were, you know, How those did you things. live? What did you do without a cell phone before <laughs> yeah, 16? <right. laughs> but, like, I think those little, like, differences, even within the generation, like, sometimes you could be raised on different technology or different entertainment or things like that, like, even within the generation, like, uh, but I think there's a big difference between, like, 2000 and, like, 2002, 2003, like, I don't know what's going on with them, and I feel like I relate more to millennials. Well, because you're almost cusp-like between the millennial and the Gen Z. absolutely, because I'm born in 2000, so... Yeah. And the people that are born in 99 are like, oh, I'm a 90s baby. Like, oh my God, you're born in 2000? You're so young. And it's like, really? What, you're born six months before me? I'm Gen X. No, yes, I am young, but (laughs) people that are just as young as me try to act like they're... They've got like some there's seniority. Some, there's some and, yeah. sort of a maturity that, they, that <laughs> yeah. they have that you don't have. Well, this is something, this is an exercise I like to do, and I'm going to do it with you, and you can give me your answer here. So I'll start in, in front of a group of people. I'll say, you tell me, we discussed there are five generations, and I have characteristics for each that we'll talk about shortly, but which generation am I describing now? Um, they're slackers, they're entitled, they're, we're all, all of us older people are screwed because who's going to take care of us? The whole world's going to fall apart. Who's that? Boom. All of them? 
Is it a trick question? Oh, it's a trick question and you know the answer. That's shameful. <laughs> I will tell you when I do this, I can like 98% of the people will say those are millennials because people, especially older folks, think the millennials are the worst generation yeah. that has ever come along. Here's the reality though. Every generation, when it was between about 18 and 30, had that label. Yeah. That you're a slack. My God, my generation, there's a movie, Reality Bites. I don't know. You probably haven't seen it. No, I haven't. I mean, that's, we're that's all slackers. Are you kidding? We're all wearing flannel. And I mean, we didn't want to get up to go to work. We slept all day. I mean, it was awful. And the baby boomers, let's talk about I them. I think the baby boomers are the most entitled ones. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They were naked you and stoned s- at Woodstock. Right. Like, let's be reasonable. And like. Playing in mud. I mean, they what? could They could pay for their college tuition with a summer job. You could pay your whole bill can you even imagine there's no that? way at bonaventure that any student would make enough in three months unless they're moving hard drugs <laughs> you know they're doing we are something not illegal. advocating that as a career to pay for college yeah and then why That's would you not an endorsement yeah, yeah no not well but, even at a i would argue at any school whether it's a yeah, public or yeah private there's really or no not, way to, to make enough money time. in a summer to pay right. for a whole semester but that's just like that's insane to me to think that like my parents could have done that you could just buy a house when you're 18, just get a job and start having enough money to live. Like, <laughs> this is just things that, like, our generation has that they didn't have to deal with, like, back then. And there you go. So here we go. We could talk about... So now we know... And also working in the food industry, you can... I have a different perspective on the generations, and the boomers are usually the worst with, like, customer service being, like, entitled or, like, rude to servers and stuff oh no yeah. that's so very funny. not understanding of yeah like okay we'll we could talk about customer yeah, sorry, service later wanna, no that's yeah. hey i used to work in food service and this is before i knew anything about we didn't talk about generations when i was yeah. younger i mean we knew that we were gen x well i couldn't have told you what that meant except that we were slackers and there was a movie i mean that's pretty much <laughs> what it was now it's like you there's pretty definitive guides so when you asked earlier what did they t- call the generations prior to the traditionalists? I mean, for a point, I mean, I right. don't even know. Yeah, there were boomers and Gen X and then, okay. But there were not these conversations. So now I see a place on the generations and you'll see it in the media, social media particularly. And, um, you know, I'm obviously, as I mentioned with students, I have a lot of <clears throat> former students, alums who are now friends and they're millennials and your generation Gen Z and I had a conversation with one of them, in fact, about the OK Boomer. You're familiar with OK Boomer? Yeah. And that, like, blew up, and the boomers were so offended. Like, oh, my God, this is, like, they're using boomer as, like, a derogatory term. This is so offensive. And it's, like, after the years and years of just, like, blaming the younger generation for everything. Like, OK Boomer was, like, a really casual, like, snide remark and then yeah i've got like bryce all riled up here this is yeah, actually fun I have, <laughs> yeah I, I have more thoughts on this than i think i, than I thought there I did. You go. well this is actually fun so at any rate so we hear how bad millennials are gen z we're not yet because we don't know enough about you guys to hate you yet yeah i mean the um, world's probably gonna end before the, we well we're just gonna be living in the radioactive soup of and what i'm gonna planet. do i'll post on the website because there are a couple of really awesome videos that are tongue-in-cheek so there's one that's made by either my generation or the boomers about how bad millennials are and then there's the millennial response to that so i'll post both of those because they're both hilarious um and they're both kind of absurd but at the same time they're poking fun at what the stereotypes are so at any rate so we have okay boomer which is really the millennials in your generation gen z making fun of the boomers like okay boomer you know yeah um and but then, as you've said, boomers have denigrated millennials, too, you yeah. know, and I've heard my generation do that as well. So it's not just 
not just the one generation. So why can't we all just get along? I don't know. I don't know. So here's here's something. I yanked this from Vox.com. It's what is OK Boomer? What is that meme in terms of uh, the Gen Zs and millennials and so on? So millennials say, and this is, uh, you know, directly from the site. So I'm reading this essentially. Millennials say boomers are out of touch. And then boomers say millennials are out of touch by, and I've never seen this before, and I had to write it down because it actually cracked me the hell up. So apparently boomers are bothered that millennials are killing once stable industries like cereal. Yeah. Uh, what? Cereal. By saving money. You guys want to save money? Well, I'll, I'll lump you with the group. Are saving money, spending less and eating avocados. Avocados yeah. are expensive. I don't know where you think you're saving money eating avocados. Yeah. Um, but then boomers have mortgaged the future in exchange for hoarding wealth while also voting to end necessary social program. I mean, so this is just, you yeah, know, millennials a whole war there. It, well, and here you go. This is, I didn't even realize I'd written this down compared to what you just said. So millennials would rather complain about student debt than buckle down, work hard and get a job. And you just said, but the debt, like we yeah, can't yeah. get a job the over the summer. The economy is not what it was when yeah. you were 20. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, members of Gen Z, are portrayed as addicted to their phones. This is you now. You're intolerant of your elders, and you're stuck in a different world thanks to the internet. So you are so disconnected. I that's think that's just... true for a lot of people my age, and I'm I'm not I'm not exempt from it. But I'm I'm a part of the world, but I I, I try not to just exist in that world or be too attached to it. Okay, and but here there, I think oh. there's like an extra layer, of, and, and and also like in, in in social psychology, like there's an extra layer of like people perceiving you or like you have this oh I see people at school but then there's kind of like an odd community it's almost like an abstracted community but I guess it's like a community on its own <laughs> I want to go back to okay boomer though too because there might be some folks who don't know because here's the thing Gen X has kind of been ignored in all this because yeah. it's been essentially boomers versus millennials yeah. and here's my generation like what the hell just <laughs> can you guys figure this stuff out we seem to be really in the in the middle and now i don't have kids so i've talked about that quite frequently but we've raised the millennials like gen x yeah. and maybe some of the boomers but gen x for the most part we're your parents gen z and millennials and you know what's so interesting about that i remember my grandmother and my great aunt sisters um would i would hear overhear them talking because that generation like they just they would never have complained public just not how it was and but i would hear them complain every once in a while about the younger generations, which would have been mine at the time, because yeah. I would have been a you know teenager or younger, and I always said to myself, I don't ever want to be those people that when I get older, I say, well, when I was younger, yeah. when I was a kid, and guess what, <laughs> I'm doing it. I am. I'm sad. I'm sad. Uh, I'm not really. And my friends will do that. And I, when we comment on it, we're like, we always said we'd never be those people <laughs> who said back in my day. But guess what? Back in my day, I feel that I feel like that about people that are like three years younger than me too. Sometimes, because like I think things can change that much. Like things change quickly yeah. now. But here we go. So, okay, boomer is meant to be cutting and dismissive. It suggests that millennials and Gen Z are just sick and tired of being berated and being dismissed. Yeah. Um. So you know they just okay, boomer, fine. You know, and yeah. move on with it. And like as you said, boomers get really pissed off. So how about instead of getting mad, we should, you know, figure out how to work together. Because guess what? We have to work together. So, you know, and I talk to I talk to folks, too, and they'll say, I don't like this. Well, that's great. You've got to figure it out. Yeah. You have to be in a classroom with people. You have to be in a workplace with people. You have to figure out how to handle different generations as well as different cultures and, you know, people around the world and so on. So 
Okay. Now, I went to Pew Research, and Pew Research has all kinds of data and information about any number of topics. And information they have, as of 2017, which is the most recent um, data that they have available, there are 56 million millennials in the workforce. That's the largest generation in the workforce right now. 53 million are my generation Gen X, and there are 41 million baby boomers. This was in 2017. I suspect... The boomer number has decreased. Yeah, and actually, maybe even Gen X, too, because if we can retire... Let me tell you, if I could retire tomorrow, I would be doing that. <laughs> um, and I suspect the millennial number has probably increased. Although, now that I've said that, who are the parents right now are probably the millennials, maybe some Gen Xers, but... At this point, if you're a Gen X parent, you probably don't have babies. You probably yeah, have, you might have kids who can stay home by themselves. Yeah. So, and this is something we'll talk about in future podcasts, too. A result of the pandemic is it's sort of forced women, particularly, back into the house. Like, they can't work because their kids are home. And yeah. how has that upset that? So, and there's probably been another baby boom of people in the house that will you know see. what that's what they were predicting yeah. and there's no data to suggest that really? yet no because apparently that much togetherness is bad <laughs> <laughs> uh but here we, so we have more than a third of our workforce right now is millennials so yeah. guess what we have to figure out how to work with you guys and again, I know you're not a millennial, but you're Gen Z. I got to figure out how to work with you. And I think that we work pretty well together. This yeah. is a working relationship. Yeah. So I have a couple of graphs that I'll post online that have the different characteristics of the generations. And what's interesting, the one graphic I have, very colorful, because you know I'm a fan of color and like cartoony things. Um, they call the traditionalists maturists. <laughs> so that's the name of that generation, the maturists, because the rest of us, not mature in any way. And then, of course, the boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z. And it will tell you about some of your formative experiences, this particular graph. And this is a graph from the UK, so perhaps that's why it's, they don't, they're not traditional there. They're mature in the UK. Um, what they aspire to, their attitude toward technology, their attitude toward their career, a signature product, how they communicate, or their communication media, their communication preference, and then their preference when making financial decisions. And again, as with anything, these are generalizations because I'm sure there are some. So I'll look at my generation and your generation. We can kind of go through those. And if you're a different generation or you want to know about a different generation, datadoyen.com will have this particular graphic. But my generation, it was the end of the Cold War, the fall of the Berlin Wall, we had the Reagan, Reagan and Gorbachev. You probably have you do you even know who that is? <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard of it. I think I had, you've heard of, I think you've I had heard. to memorize it once for school. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we had Margaret Thatcher. So I don't know if you're a fan of the Netflix show The Crown. Fine, that's completely fine. The first PC was introduced in my generation, and I'll tell you, when I was a college student, I didn't have a computer, yeah. or a laptop, or a cell phone. We actually was had there those one phones. In the library? Um, I have no idea. But it wasn't, it wasn't I don't really. really. Well, we had. Well, the internet was was the internet really a a thing back then? When did the internet ish, start? ish, like, kinda. We weren't on it. I mean, yeah. I had the Smith Corona, and anyone in Gen X is gonna laugh when they hear that that Smith Corona typewriter that you would type and you'd have the line and you could correct, or you had to get white out because that's how it was, and you had to put paper into a machine. I mean, it was awful. Anyway, I don't want to go back to that. There. Let me see. What else do we have? Oh, we were the latchkey kids, too. So we were the generation where our parent, both our parents worked, not mine, and we'd come home from school and there'd be no one there. 
I wish there were so many times. I mean, I love my mother. Pearl's awesome, but she worked. She stayed at home, and I wished sometimes that she'd get a job because I'm like, why can't we be latchkey kids anyway? But there were also rising levels of divorce. So my parents, well, they would still be together probably. I don't know that for sure, but I have to suspect if uh, my dad didn't pass. But what we wanted was work-life balance. We're digital immigrants, so this is not something we were born into. Mm-hmm. We were loyal to a profession, but not necessarily to an employer. Whereas with the traditionalists and boomers, they were very loyal. Like they worked at the same company their whole lives. And that's something that's yeah, completely that's foreign to me. I can't that's imagine. foreign to me too. We had a personal computer that was as big as this desk that's right here. Yeah. Which is large. Those of you, this is yeah, audio. Yeah, it's not a computer. It's like a whole It's a whole. Uh, it's box. a half a room. Yeah. And our communication media, email and text message. That's true. That's true. And we prefer that. And it's so funny. Our preference when making financial decisions online, but we'd prefer face-to-face. And I'm going to tell you, I am in love with some of these new things now, like the whole Carvana. If I never had to go to a dealer and I could just order a car and it showed up at my house, that'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, that does sound pretty If nice. I never had to go to the bank, <laughs> like sound, sign me up for that. Now, let's take a look at your generation. So what we have here, born after 95. So your experiences, the economic downturn... Um, climate change. Yeah, climate change. Climate change, 9-11 for sure. A global focus. Like, globalization is not new to you. That's yeah. something that's kind of foreign to some of us. Um, mobile devices. Energy crisis. The Arab Spring. I mean, that happened yeah, on your like watch, if you will. the world ending. You, may, you produce your own media, which is essentially what we're doing here. Yeah. Cloud computer. WikiLeaks. Now, you're currently employed in either part-time jobs or new apprenticeships. Your aspiration, you want security and stability. Yeah, which seems to be harder to find. It, which that, is interesting. The goal is to not have to, yeah, security and stability. Yeah, because yeah. ours was work-life balance. Millennials, it's freedom and flexibility. Yeah, so it's like, that will I be able to not have two jobs and pay my rent, or will I ever exactly. buy a house? And like, is there is there upward mobility and like wealth, or am I just going to be right here? You're stuck. Yeah, you're never going to pay your student loans. That's it. <laughs> that's why. One of our goals is to get to 3 million listeners so that we can help to pay Bryce's student loans. And by him, as you, if you listen to the first podcast, bacon and pancake mix. Yeah, um, that sounds good to me. Bacon and eggs. Bacon ba- and yeah. pancakes. So you are a technocrat, or a technoholic, excuse me. So you are completely dependent on your technology. That is true for many of my generation. I don't... Yeah. You're really a, you're like a career multitasker, too, which I'd say is absolutely true, yeah. because you were talking about food service earlier, and you're here doing a podcast with me. Um, your signature product, Google Glass, did you ever... That's really new. That's our signature thing. I mean... Yeah, and I'm, say, like, I don't even know what this means. Graphene, what the hell is that? I don't know what graphene is, either. Okay, we have to look that up, perhaps. Nanocomputing, 3D printing. 3D that's printing cool. is new. That's cool. Well, they're giving that's that to us. That's kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, you got. Well, this is this is what your signature products and driverless cars. So be careful. These are all like in the past year or two things. I mean, well, Google well, Glass is probably yeah a couple years in the making. And you like but... handheld communication devices and FaceTime. You do FaceTime. Yeah. Okay. All right. And your solutions. This is in terms of your preference when making financial decisions. You're going to be digitally crowdsourced. I don't really I don't know what that know. means. I don't either. But that's what you're doing. So you better look it up, Bryce, because I don't need yeah, it. Yeah, I got to learn Because I prefer online and face-to-face. I don't even know what my generation is doing. Well, that's then, why I, I'm, know, I'm probably more... What, can you read the millennial one? Because I feel like that one might be more... 
Okay, yeah, I'll read the millennial ones. So here I we go. I was born here, but I think my brain. Well, is... there now. This is their formative experiences for for the millennials. They're saying nine eleven because if you were born in two thousand, like you were. Yeah. Well, I mean, so well, yeah, that's I was not a baby necessarily when it happened, but I grew up in the post nine yeah. eleven world. PlayStation. Yeah, this is this, this is there more. There you go. This Social media, the invasion of Iraq, reality TV, Google Earth. Yeah, I remember growing up with this stuff. Like maybe COVID, but will produce a new generation of people born after. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if COVID, if they're going to call creates... the maybe. But remember, there's fewer COVID babies because Pandemic no babies. one wants to touch each other. So, and, what would and, be the opposite of a baby boom? A baby recession? I guess. <laughs> Birth recession. <laughs> Well, people are already having fewer children. That should be actually yeah. a topic of a podcast too, because yeah, we don't want to. I mean, millennials, millennials are delaying. Z, we don't have enough money to have everything. Maybe if we can plan yeah. on not having it. Hey, and we've already talked about my opinion. So, this, your signature product is a tablet or a smartphone. Okay. And you text or social. You use text or social media, and your online or mobile text messaging and you prefer your financial decisions face to face that if you're a millennial so you might be i mean if yeah, you're on the cusp, that's probably more, like more you now here's what i will say this is your generation gen z for sure and also i'd say the millennials are the most racially and ethnically diverse generation than any other generation and you're also more well first of all you're more well educated you're digital natives but you're also more uh interested in you you worry less about diversity and inclusion because you're just that's just part of your life. Yeah. So when other people talk about it, for you guys it's almost like, well duh, why would we treat yeah, people differently? Just that's just are. that's just how it is. Exactly. Okay, here's here's something. Pew Research conducted a survey in the fall of twenty eighteen, so this is before COVID. Um, among Americans age thirteen and older, so essentially Gen Zers, and found that you are progressive, you're pro government and um you see the growing racial and ethnic diversity as a good thing. And you're less likely than other generations, older generations, to see the U.S. as superior to other nations. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That also doesn't really surprise me. That kind of sounds It doesn't on the surprise nose. me either. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then I well, have... Well, I think that also comes with the, the diversity. It's not just like, yay, America, like, we do everything great. Like, you kind of are more realistic about the history of the U.S. and not as much, like... Well, you're globally like, focused yeah, too. So yeah, if you start so like talking about of, other culture, exactly, yeah, more aware of what's gone on. Now, I have um, from Pew also from Pew Research a handful of graphics that I won't go into that essentially divides the generations too, particularly Gen Z. And I did that on purpose because you guys are next. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's almost like who cares about the Boomers and traditionalists and Gen X now? It's Millennials and Gen Z. So I've got demographic information in terms of the. Uh, your demographic breakdown, like how many of your generation are white or Hispanic and black and so on. And I'll post those graphs up on the website and information about college education in the different generations as well. Um, so you'll be able to see just how, how different demographically speaking the generations are, which also probably plays into many of these differences too. Something else that you guys, I mean, just speaking to diversity, you recognize that African Americans are treated less fairly than whites in this country. You realize that, which or, is, I think, that's also kind of part of why we don't think the United States is superior <laughs> to countries because we can. There you go. We live in a diverse society. We can see how different groups are treated. Yes. their different realities. So, you see, same-sex marriage is good, or you just don't care. It's not something that's a problem or important to you. Hey, so here's something else that I always think is interesting too. And I'll have conversations with folks about this too if they ask me about. 
using social media because a lot of older folks, not all of them, because many of us are very savvy or think we are, um, aren't sure how why we should be using social media. We think it's some people. I think still think it's a fad. I'm like I know. Yeah, I think it's here not to a stay. fad. It's, like it's here to stay. You got to figure now. it out, and it's just going to be changing. And I'll have people say, I don't want to use Facebook, or I don't want to use Instagram, or I don't want to use you know yeah. pick one. And I'll say then you're going to be missing. If you've got millennials in the workforce that are more than a third of your workforce, they're also then spending money. And if they can't find you, they're not buying your product. Yeah. So that's the reality. Yeah. And I think for my generation, like mm-hmm. there might not be, you know, everyone in Gen X, like there's maybe some people have Facebook, but not like everyone. It's not just like across the board. Everyone's using social media. But like, I think in my generation, there's like a degree to like how much you use it. But like everybody is somewhat attached to it. Like it's just like part of society like like kind of like how when we were on the cybersecurity episode Hossein was saying like there's a digital world that exists and functions just as much as the real world and like there's yeah that's, that's how it is like there's like a there's a community there's like activity and it's it's so weird because it feels real mentally but it's just all in this like cyber space yeah. it's, and it's funny because i just had a conversation with my cousin yesterday too and she said oh i'm one of those i'm still on facebook and I'm on Facebook-ish. I never, I don't ever go there. I can't, yeah. I actually can't stand Facebook. I love Instagram, and that's very much speaks to my generation a bit too. But I remember, I think I saw an interview um, with Simone Biles, who we all are familiar with, mm-hmm. and she said that she's the she was the oldest member, I think, of the gym, the U.S. gymnastics team, and they were making fun of her because she's still on Facebook. And of course, none of the young, <laughs> none of the young team team members are on Facebook. So. Um, and actually, uh, I work on a project in March, which once we get to March, we'll get more information about. And I try and get students to help with some of the social media. And I'll say, I need someone to help me with Facebook. And most of them say, we're not on Facebook. So, <laughs> but here we go. So I have some information. 13 to 17 year olds. Do you want to know? Do you want to guess? That's because that's not you. You're a little bit older. But I mean, what's the number one social media channel or social media I think platform. it's TikTok now. TikTok started off as the younger is it not TikTok is it Instagram? No, do you know what's really fun? I'm trying now I'm going to go Instagram take a look and find out when guess. the these data are from. I'm trying to get a date here. This is how sad this is because these data are from 2017, which is really not that long ago. That's pretty old for social media cow, data though. It absolutely is. So in 2017, which would have been you then, 13 to 17, yeah. apparently YouTube Really? Yeah, YouTube, then Instagram, Snapchat, which I'm not going to lie to you, I don't understand Snapchat to save my life. (laughs) Then Facebook, so TikTok's not even on here, and if it was 17, doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I'm going to post on the website some additional information about what employers are also worried about. And actually, I can kind of tell you um, this was a survey of finance leaders, they were interviewed. Um, what they see the different, the greatest generational differences in communication skills, the ability to adapt to change, and in technical abilities. And I'd like to actually break that down further. I didn't, but I have to believe that some of these issues aren't related to necessarily the younger generations because your technical abilities are good. Your ability to adapt to change, I mean, my goodness, that's what, you, that's what yeah. you're doing. So I suspect that might be just in general you know, people across the board. So I'm going to post some other information about communication style and technical skills and so on. But there was a group, the Hay Group, which is a global management consulting firm. They analyze data from over 5 million employees across the world. So this is not just the U.S. This is everywhere. And they found some myths 
that I think counters some of the narrative we've already been talking about. So one of them is, here's, here's a myth. The younger generations look to their leaders to provide meaning and purpose to their work. They look for a sense of fulfillment. And that's apparently a pure myth. According to the data, engaging people um, in the purpose of the organization is strongly valued by people over 55. Gen Y are least impressed by leaders' efforts to connect people. Interestingly, this yeah. is again, this is a pretty robust survey. Organizations need to use different approaches to retain the younger generations. Um, and again, another myth all generations cite the same attribute as the primary reason for staying in their company. They want, and I can post a graphic that I have about um, Herzberg's motivation theories like, why do people stay or why do people leave? For the most part, people leave a company because they don't like their boss. Um, or they don't feel excited or challenged, and that's across the board, all generations. They don't feel as though they have meaningful work. Each generation, here's another myth, each generation needs to be managed differently in order to keep them engaged and motivated because of the diverse needs of each generation. Another myth, when it comes to what people are looking for from their actual leaders, there are very few differences across generations. So rather than focus on developing generation-specific skills, and defining people by gender or age or culture or what have you, you need to be able to flex and adapt to the needs of each individual. So, and I have always said that whenever I teach leadership classes, I'm like, you need to know who your employees are. Yeah. Because even within, when I was, when I was the dean, I'd say I would treat everyone fairly, but never treat everyone the same because the way I might interact with you is going to be very different from the way yeah. I might interact with other students, clearly. So that's generations. All right. You were quite animated. This was fun. I have an arse which has not a thing to do with generations. That's good. Then it's definitely an arbitrary definitely, random stat. It is an arbitrary random stat. Rings so true to the name today. I was reading. I I'm a magazine nerd, and I read a lot of magazines. And Real Simple Magazine had, and I'll post this graphic because it's actually kind of fun. But the most popular flowers grown in each state. All right. That's, which has that's a nice nothing one. <laughs> to do with generations. So, do you have a favorite flower? First of all. Um. I don't know. I like I like wildflowers. I like the little clovers that are in the yards, okay. and I like sunflowers. Honestly, I can't name that many flowers, so I just kind of like when I see them, I like them. You're like, oh, blue. Yeah, yeah. like this okay. one's got a cool shape. Yeah. <laughs> Mine. I've always loved tulips. Tulips are always my have always been my favorite flower. Now here's where I have a problem. This is how the survey was done. Spring Hill Nurseries, which nursery produces the flowers, they produced a list of 20 popular flower varieties and asked every people in every state in Washington, D.C. to pick which flower they plant in their gardens the most. So you weren't just, it wasn't just an open, what's your favorite flower? Yeah. What do you plant the most? It's like, here's a list of 20 flowers. Which one do you plant the most? Yeah, so this is also yeah. uh, the most popular among people that plant flowers in their gardens which is exactly. not everybody like some people like flowers but they're not all no one's planting not everybody's planting yeah no. not everyone's gardening do you want to guess what the most popular flower is sunflower the rose the rose oh yeah that's mm -hmm. not surprising that's across all states that's yep they they 19 states chose the rose as their favorite all right the next most popular is the sunflower so you weren't far away six states chose the sunflower do you want to guess um which plants no one cares about which flowers so on the other end i don't this have is... that many flower names in my okay. vernacular to i'm gonna that's okay guesses. i'm gonna tell you so 
can only name several a few. options tied for just one state each chose these flowers the daylily which i love i've got those I in like my garden lilies, yeah geranium iris lilac is one of my favorites too the lily orchid and tulip are you kidding me what's the <laughs> matter with you people oh but no that was just one state there's some even oh. worse there were out of the 20 flowers five weren't picked at all <laughs> This is so sad. Poor Gerber this, and Daisy. Was this which like is, multiple choice too? Like this was like a list of flowers? I mean, well, yeah, they had the list of 20 flowers okay, and then yeah, you yeah, choose. Yeah. yeah. So the Gerber and Daisy, the Petunia, Gardenia, Dahlia, and Violet, no one gives a crap about, <laughs> which is so sad. I'm very sad because I actually like those flowers. All of those are very pretty. Yeah. And the Tulip, I'm sorry, Tulip. But the Rose, my Pearl's maiden name is Rose. So I have to like the Rose. That's yeah. fine. So thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to my producer, Bryce Murphy, who also wrote and recorded the show music. Logo designed by Liam McGurl. For more information and to access the data discussed on this week's episode, visit datajoyen.com. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The links are on the website. If you like this podcast, tell all your friends so we can get up to 3 million listeners. Podcasts drop on Thursdays. All materials are available on the website by Tuesday of the same week. This podcast is a production of Ratchet Boy Records. Listen to Ratchet Salon on all streaming platforms everywhere you find music. This podcast is sponsored by Wild Mountain Botanicals, Tippy Homestead, The Sparkworks Studio, Dog Nanny Originals, and Tulips. To sponsor, send me a message on the website. Thank you. Thank you.